Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The system wants you to choose violence. Why the fuck would you ever give the system what it wants? Saturday, January 16th, 10.49 a.m. Hello and namaste, my dear audience. A while back, I pointed something out, and I'd like to bring it up again. Look around. The political landscape here in the United States of Trumptopia. And what will you find? Americans or Trumptopians, hating their fellow American Trumptopians because of ideological constructs defining and dictating how to be a true American Trumptopian. There's a slash between the two, like, you know, depends on which one you think you are. Getting patriots to hate their fellow patriots getting citizens of the same nation-state to be so outraged and full of loathing, boiling over hate against the citizens of their own nation-state to the point that people are just casually flinging around threats of violence and murder at each other. This, my friends, is the agenda. And Trump has coddled us and slow-walked us in, as a nation right smack dab into the middle of a place where you can see this happening in real time. It's working. The left is outraged and triggered by the actions, words, and behavior of the right. The right is equally outraged and triggered by the words and action 
of the left. Unreconcilable ideological conflict. This is the system of oppression at work. And some people are just giving the system what it wants. Fully convinced that they're, quote, fighting the good fight. Meanwhile, the system is laughing at their face. For four years, I've been ridiculed and mocked for not knowing what the grand master plan is. But no one that was doing that could ever explain to me what the grand master plan was. It was always vague notions of some sort of political intellectual superiority that Trump was playing so close to the vest that you couldn't tell. Here we are, less than 100 hours from the next transition of power, and I made bunny ear quotes in the air for that, Less than 100 hours away before the evil blue socialist tyranny crashes down upon us and does, I don't know, what they're going to do that can shame what Trump has already achieved in terms of turning Americans against Americans. Trump has blown the evil socialist left out of the water in that regard. He's also made history, right? Only president in American history to be impeached twice probably going to be the only president in American history to be convicted of that second impeachment after leaving office. Because I think the system wants to make him a martyr. But they don't really want to do it in that meaningful way. I mean, if the system really wanted to martyrize Trump, someone would have, like, successfully pulled off and I'm not advocating for this. I would oppose it if it happened. And I'm speaking theoretically. But if the system wanted Trump to be a full-blown martyr, then he would be dead already. So they don't want that. They want just enough martyrdom to whip up the base, but keep them under control. Four years of Trump and his clusterfuck of failure. Four years of political promises not kept and political propaganda icing those failures over, smoothing them out with a lot of propagandist assurances that promises were indeed kept. Never mind what they were, it's fine. Here's a long list of things he really did. Some of which are real, some of which are exaggerations, some of which are nonsense. All of which do not justify the other things he has successfully achieved. Back in uh, 2017, in fact, on this very day, January 16th, I posted on my social media a meme that I created. Before the election, and this is like a, um, this is a forerunner, a, a predecessor to the two faces of Trump meme image that I then failed to ever make into a pervasive series. I was going to make a whole series of those. I think I made three. 
At any rate, before the election, Trump was saying, and this is the 2016 election. Before the 2016 election, Trump was running around saying that, quote, the election is totally rigged, 100%. Meanwhile, the Democrats were warning that the Russians were trying to socially influence the voter base, which would, you know, count as being rigged. But after the election, Trump was adamant that there was no way the election was rigged. The Russians couldn't possibly influenced anybody. Here we are. It's 2021. The Republican Party, which used to be adamantly anti-Russia, now wishes Russia had already invaded, apparently. Um, and, uh, and most interestingly, and most curiously to me, the Russian bank... Uh, oh, crap. Which bank was it? I don't have that name right in front of me. Um, this was in my memories not too long ago. It's also in my Instagram somewhere. Uh, I should have pulled this up before I started talking about it. But um, it's not... Verda Bank. Which the fuck bank was it? It's, I don't know where it is. But the one bank that has stuck through the worst of times for Trump is finally cutting ties, right? Um, this whole thing is really coming incredibly full circle. In 2019, leading up to the election, no, in 2020, leading up to the election, Trump was once again, actually in 2019, the entire four years, he was constantly criticizing um, the election system as being totally rigged, but also reserving the potentiality that if he won, then it wasn't. That's how cheaters cheat. If I don't win, then it must be fake. But if I win, it's totally legitimate. Preemptively speaking, that's the language of a con artist. Uh, he has successfully, though, because of that four years of rhetorical escalation, convinced, he has successfully convinced a, a large portion of his base that Joe Biden will not be uh, a legitimate president. Now, a genuine and sincere investigation of that issue leads to a very complex and complicated place. But um, fundamentally speaking, it's also inaccurate. Here's why I think it actually pans out the way I think it does. If there is a system of oppression, which I've never tried to argue that there isn't, I've always reserved the right to realize and acknowledge that I don't know 100%. I don't have access to the social circles necessary to actually confirm that as a fact for myself. But given my lifetime of observing the world it seems very, very reasonable that there is indeed a system of oppression. 
And the next most reasonable statement that can be made is that that system of oppression profiteers on war, conflict, violence. And the outrage and hatred necessary to foment those things, to bring them about. The system of oppression invests heavily in creating conflict, chaos, and hatred. And Donald Trump's administration exhibits, from my perspective, all the telltale signs you would need to conclude that he is, despite whatever promises, claims, and outrageous statements he's made, in fact, totally in compliance with the system of oppression. The last week and a half, to me, almost fucking proves it. I don't like that word, or that turn of phrase, right? Proof is different from evidence. And it's very difficult to prove something. It's much easier to gather a lot of evidence and draw a logical conclusion. The evidence I see leads me to draw the logical conclusion that Trump knowingly escalated his rhetoric for four years in order to manipulate his base to rise up in violence against their fellow citizens, while maintaining just enough plausible deniability in order to then pretend he wasn't involved, denounce his own base, and get them all labeled as domestic terrorists. The base should be outraged at Trump. The base should have been outraged at Trump from the get-go, from the moment he didn't lock up Hillary Clinton on day one, on day 10, on day 100. Four years later, Hillary Clinton is not in jail. Lots of nonsensical claims about Trump doing things behind the curtains and stuff going down are being made, but the only people I see getting investigated and thrown in jail are Trump supporters. The Trump base should be outraged. It is obvious he has betrayed them. Now, in the following days, we will either see a withering collapse of the MAGA violence movement because they're coming to this realization, or we will see an escalation of violence because they refuse in their cognitive dissonance to comprehend that he has cheated and manipulated them. Let us pray and manifest that the base comes to the appropriate realization and rejects Trump's insinuated invitation for more violence. Let us pray, dear friends and family, and psychically manifest that they come to the realization that Q is, as some of us have been warning them since day one, pure psyop and is designed to be a nested manipulation 
of the base in a way that complements whatever the fuck Trump is doing, but is independent from Trump's agenda. I feel somewhat certain. Now, I have to acknowledge, I never pretend to know something with absolute certainty. I don't believe in absolutist thinking. I don't believe in believing in things. <laughs> but put a pin in that statement. We'll come back to that. I've talked about it before, and I'm sure I'll talk about it again. Believing in belief and not believing in belief as a point of discussion. We need to visit that. But I do, despite having, you know, despite what I just said, I do come to certain levels of confidence. Always with the caveat that I realize I could be totally massively wrong because of missing information or, you know, things I'm not aware of. I do my best. I am only one person and I don't have a budget. But the social media success of this show can help change that. So I humbly invite you friends to tell your friends about this show. Share it on your social media platforms and help the audience find the show. Let's take a break now. I'm going to hand things over to our favorite in-house animatronic DJ for a track entitled Cosmic Lounge. From the forthcoming theoretical album entitled End Times, a space chill step remix live audio entertainment track.
And we are back, folks. Let me clarify something for anyone new to the show. While I do not know for 100% for certain my 30-plus years of observation of this political landscape here uh, in the United States, and now, most recently, Trumptopia, I have a high level of confidence that all sides of any given wedge issue, and remember, a wedge issue actually has three sides, because a wedge is a triangle. You need that third side to complete the shape, right? (laughs) So there are two sides to every wedge issue. There are actually three, regardless. All sides of every wedge issue are being bombarded by psychologically manipulative content. So, let's zoom out. It's clear from a a non-involved, outside-of-the-echo-chambers perspective that the right is being manipulated towards fomenting violence, towards causing and creating violence in the streets. And so is the left. If 2020 proves anything, it's that both the left and the right are being manipulated to varying degrees of success. I am not saying 100% of all individuals on this side or that side are brainwashed sheeple. Do you know why I'm not saying that? Because anybody who's spewing that kind of language was spoon-fed it. Talking points from conspiracy theory content. What I'm saying is, both sides have been targeted and bombarded with content that is designed to manipulate them towards judging each other, towards thinking in absolutists, us versus them, tribalist, I am righteous, therefore everyone else must be evil, kind of paradigms, and that the success rate of that content varies depending on the subcategory or sub-demographic of each of the various sides of the wedge issue you're talking about. Politically speaking, we stand on the precipice of the right spiraling out of control because it's been exponentially more successful in manipulating people on the right end of the political spectrum since Trump is coming off us. Because he lowered the bar. <laughs> um... The most recent outlandish claim that I cannot believe is true has been circulating uh, in recent, uh, you know, in the last like 48 hours, actually, uh, in recent days since the attempted clusterfuck failure of political coup d'etat that supposedly, and I think I've talked about this recently on the show already, and I just want to reiterate it, supposedly... Trump has activated the Insurrection Act of 18 blah blah and is secretly doing 11th dimensional political chess behind closed doors. 
as opposed to literally packing up his shit and maybe shoplifting from some of the decor and getting ready to get the fuck out of Dodge before before complying with the system and handing over the seat of power to the sleepy the sleepy Joe Biden dictator of the socialist blue tyranny left. Um, here's a reason I, I'm fairly certain that this claim of Trump outmaneuvering the left in the background using the Insurrection Act is not true. Because the Department of Defense is like, we're ready to facilitate the swearing in of Joe Biden. And uh, we expect all our members uh, in the service services to comply with the with the protocol. Now, I don't blind faith believe the military any more than I blind faith believe any politician. But I'll tell you what. After 30 years of observation, I can say with a high level of personal confidence that the military follows its own fucking protocols to the best of its ability as an institution. Are there people inside that, that, that try not to, that avoid it, that break those? Sure. Do I know all the gory details? Of course not, and I don't want to. Is the military virtuously pure and 100% righteous and chosen by God? Hell no. Are they 100% evil and working for Satan and eating babies? I really don't think so. They are fellow human beings doing their best in a political and economic landscape that is riddled with corruption. For sure. Um, and they rarely make public statements, right? And it's pretty clear there's hypo there's hypocrisy involved, for sure. There's corruption involved, for sure. Name for me one human endeavor that is of a certain size and has survived a certain amount of time that doesn't have corruption in it. But is any one given human organization 100% absolutely evil? I haven't found that yet. There's varying degrees of corruption. There's varying intensities of evil for certain. So when, when the military, to use a big giant catch-all label, talks about its rationale for war on the world stage, there's plenty of cause to doubt and question. I mean, always question, right? But there's plenty of cause to doubt Because there's plenty of precedents and historical evidence to indicate that very likely they're tweaking the truth in order to get what they want. When it comes to domestic, homeland uh, declarations about politics, though, they're pretty straightforward and consistent because they're part of the system. If politicians are all part of the system of oppression... The military is indeed also part of that, right? Not in an absolutist way, but in a sort of human beings failing way. Mm. 
When it comes to the way in which the American military deals with American politicians, I didn't take them at their word. Because they're working together, yo. Um, so, at some point yesterday, or the day before, the Department of Defense issued a series of statements, one of which uh, included the following. Quote, Pentagon Chief of Staff Cash Patel told Fox News that the Defense Department is working to ensure the seamless transfer of power to the Biden administration. When it comes to the defense of the country, there is no honeymoon period granted by our enemies for a new administration's learning curve. Patel wrote, quote, continuing the quote, that is why the department, as the department's chief of staff and head of the transition, I ordered the DOD to fully cooperate with President-elect Joe Biden. There is no reason to doubt that statement. You know why? Because when it comes to the armed services as an institution, not as individuals, but as, an ins- as a set of institutions striving to be as apolitical as possible and adhere to the rules and protocols that are presented to the public, they do a pretty okay job at that. I'm choosing my words very carefully, folks. I'm not a blind faith supporter of the armed services at all because obviously there's problems and reform is needed. The armed services themselves acknowledge that they have problems, depending on what kinds of problems you're talking about. When it comes to uh, racism and white supremacy in, in the military services, when it comes to uh, gender discrimination, etc., they're making an effort. Got to give them a little credit there, right? Let's zoom out. Let's zoom back a bit. One of the problems I have identified that everyone is encountering in regards to how do we reunite the country is that A, we were never that united as a nation as we might imagine we have been at times. And B, we're being manipulated. We're being targeted by manipulative content, right? Because to say we're being manipulated is to be too broad strokey and too vague about it, I think. We must be careful with the way we discuss things. But the efforts of manipulation definitely include conditioning of just to ignore the other side, right? That's part of the us versus them, tribalistic, we are virtuous, you are all evil kind of catch-22 we find ourselves in. Um, so we, we have to pick and choose amongst flawed individuals and flawed institutions what we take seriously and what we question. My conclusions, which I try to update and, and adjust as new information reaches me, which is an imperfect process, friends. 
But at this moment in time, having been observing and commenting on the Trump administration and Trump himself year to year since since I was, and I'll admit it, I was triggered when he gave that speech at Trump Tower knowing he shits on gold toilets and that the people in the crowd were hired extras and that the objective of his speech was to trigger and manipulate the base into supporting him vis-a-vis sad, pathetic, tired, us-versus-them, racist tropes. Um, In that time, I've tried to give Trump benefit of the doubt on many occasions. I've tried to give Trump credit where credit is due. Not a lot of occasions have earned that, But occasionally there's been stuff that he's done that I'm like, well, I can't really disagree. But all in all, here and now, after four years of observing, and after four years of listening to the Trump base and letting them give me, you know, the ones I know, the the people I have connections to on social media, I've let them try to, you know, give me their best sales pitch. I am either too jaded or too biased, but no one has successfully changed my mind. And I am not impossible to change, you know, it's not impossible for me to have my mind changed. It's happened before. (laughs) Because I'm not into blind faith adherence to something. Curiously, Trump seems to require that level of loyalty which is a red flag for me. Boom. The moment we start talking about direct personal loyalty to a politician disqualified. All arguments issued from that politician and that politician's base start to self-undermine in their credibility. Because no politician is worthy of direct personal loyalty. They have to earn that shit and they only deserve it from people they work with, right? Not the people that they fuck over constantly. (laughs) Because Trump fucks over his own base and there's no denying that. The people who marched from his live behind a bulletproof shield speech to the Capitol building... are now considered domestic terrorists by the administration that they were supporting. Because Trump himself has denounced them. His own Department of Justice, with his own appointees, have arrested them. And his own court system with his own hand-selected judges at all levels are going to proceed to bring them to trial and convict them. And his own military is currently protecting every 
Capitol building that was targeted by his own support base. They're also detaching themselves from him because they are publicly refusing to facilitate him in staying in power, which is something that the Trump base falsely believes they're going to do. It's a fucking delightful catch-22 of self-contradictory manipulation. And it's really obvious once anybody abdicates blind faith belief in Trump as a fucking godsend. Because he's not. He's a corrupt and flawed human being that is failing to avoid being destroyed by his own ego traps. My concern here, which I want to address publicly and add to the public discourse here and now, is that we will fail to facilitate everyone who is whipped up and ready for violence to de-escalate. Those of us who are not willing to commit violent acts against our fellow citizens and residents of this once great nation, this supposedly once great nation, because that's a claim Trump makes that doesn't make any fucking sense to me, put a pin in that, we'll come back to it. I talked about it before too, so dig around. Um, in the coming days, his base will either come to terms with the realizations available to them, because they're sitting right there at the edge of their perception. They're just dealing with the cognitive dissonance they're always so busy accusing everyone else of dealing with, which, by the way, isn't entirely false. That's the problem. The reason Trump and people like Trump are successful is that there is indeed a measure of accuracy which passes for truth in their claims and statements. The left has its own hard pill to swallow and sets of political ideological realizations to come to and a set of constructs to abdicate. And I've never, ever pretended otherwise, dear friends. That's why my left-leaning real-life acquaintances and friends will often be appreciative of what I've got to say about the right, but get a little triggered and angry at me about what i got to say about the left, because I'm neither. And as I've pointed out, I get falsely accused of being the opposite by each party. The left accuses me of being some sort of weirdo apologist for the right, and I don't understand how that comes across. I don't know how anybody can listen to my content, consume my content, and think I'm somehow working for the right. But the people on the right think that about me on the left, and I, I can understand that a lot more clearly. Generally speaking, I do disagree with rightist-leaning ideology more then I disagree with leftist ideology. That does not mean I'm a self-declared Democrat or left-leaning anything. I am a transcendentalist. At the center of my worldview is the conviction that we must transcend every single form of political ideology. And it is because of that position that I come to the following conclusion. And this is one of those things that's going to probably challenge my friends on the right. I mean, on the left. Probably people on the right, too, because they must have similar opinions. 
because it's a duopoly echo chambers system. Remember, they accuse each other of the same things. They hypocritically do the things they accuse each other of and get offended at each other's hypocrisy without acknowledging their own. <laughs> not everybody, of course. I'm not making absolutist accusations. But right now, as we traverse this very challenging moment in history, there is a very real, very cosmic, very beyond the point of politics very important, in my humble opinion, and very subtle, very easy to miss and or ignore, but critically important calling that must be responded to, that must be heard, received, and answered. And that calling is to heal. There is an important universal spiritual calling for us to heal ourselves. And I will talk in depth a lot more about that after we cleanse the palate a little bit with this next track. This Techno Elements Groove Pad musical uh, digital entertainment audio file entitled Elemental Dear Watson Tis Techno by DJ Zed. So the keeling, the keeling, no, 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 the calling is to heal. Thanks, DJ Zed. That track is longer, uh, and I'm going to get DJ Zed to finish it up a little later in the show. The spiritual calling of our time is healing. But fascinatingly, when the right calls for unity and healing, the left feels self uh, justified in rejecting and ridiculing and criticizing the right for said callings because of X, Y, and Z. When the left calls for unity and healing, the right is self-justified in ridiculing and mocking that call for unity and healing and rejecting it because of Z, Y, and X. 
<laughs> do you see a pattern there, dear friends and listeners? <laughs> I do. And it's one of those things I've been addressing and calling out in my personal life. Uh, and, I, and I mean, like, public conversations with strangers since Ronald Reagan was in office. This is not new. This is not Trump's fault. And so, here we are. When healing, in a moment of time in history, when healing is critically important, and both sides are ready and willing to reject that calling of healing and have a rationale for doing so, to me, that is madness. (laughs) But everybody else thinks I'm the crazy one. But both sides have these rejection, these reactionary rejection to the call for healing. Both sides of the left versus right grand duopoly divide are rejecting healing and finding ways to rationalize that rejection and make them sound make themselves sound virtuous for doing so. And I see these arguments proliferating everywhere. There are even... I I see spiritual people healing light and love types that are now rationalizing away why this is not a time for healing. Mind you, the rationalization is deceptively clever and seductively seductively um, convincing. And it goes a little bit like this. I cannot heal if I'm still being hurt. Or you gotta pull, I gotta pull the thorn out before I can heal the wound. And then, you know, those are the metaphoric applications of the rationale. Then there's the real life direct applications of the rationale, which are even more compelling because they're us versus them tribalist thinking. And so many people, the people implementing and accepting them are deeply entrenched in us versus them tribalist indoctrination. But I'm seeing people say, I cannot heal if the other side is X, Y, and Z. People from the left, I cannot heal if the right is doing X, Y, and Z. People from the right, I cannot heal if people from the left are doing X, Y, and Z. It's almost a fucking, like, mathematical theorem. It's a postulate. And I say, dear friends, that this postulate is an ego trap. Pick it apart. Analyze it. Think about it. Look at its component blocks that make it up. I, it's rooted in the ego, cannot heal. It denies the activity that is being asked to be done before it even presents the rationalization. Effectively making it not possible anyways, regardless of the rationalization. I cannot heal. And once we add the ingredient that it's possible that words truly are magic, even in their most mundane use, then this becomes a magical mantra that one is casting on oneself. Think about it. Don't don't overthink about it because then we'll be doing it to ourselves, right? Because I reject this statement. Let it be heard. 
Let it be known and understood, I reject this statement. It's convincing and seductive, and I almost capitulated to it. But I, I now stand firm in refusing it. Think about it. Continue analyzing the way it's structured. I, ego trap, cannot heal self-denial if they, pointing fingers and laying blame elsewhere, do not believe in the same thing I believe in or are not doing the same things I am doing. Every part of that rationale is pure ego trap once you step back far enough and look at it without clinging to it. And it's, you know, the X, Y, and Z is always something that can be vilified one way or the other. I cannot heal because they're neo-Nazis. It, it's such a seductively powerful rationale because it makes sense. Because the person who wants to heal is outraged that that other group is 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 whatever they are, right? I cannot heal because because black people or minorities X, Y, and Z are coming for my job, are gonna rape my kid sister, are gonna, you know? But these things are all fear-based, these things are all ego-based, these things are all displacement-based, and all of it achieves one thing and one thing only. The neglecting of, the rejection of, the nullification of healing. Why the fuck would we want to do that? Why the fuck would you want to deny yourself healing? Why the fuck would anyone want to deny someone else healing? And yet here we are, spiritual people that are lecturing my ass that I've got it all wrong calling for healing. That I've got it all wrong trying to invite people to figure out how to heal themselves and each other. Because X, Y, and Z is still going on. But this is the flaw. This is the critical flaw of that logic. No matter what X, Y, and Z is, it would be cured if we healed ourselves. I cannot heal because that guy's a neo-Nazi. But if I healed myself and helped him heal himself, he would abdicate being a neo-Nazi. It would be challenging and difficult because while I'm trying to heal him and me, he's probably going to try to not heal me. Right? I get it. That's what's so seductive. It's still an ego trap. Imagine... What would Jesus have done? Oh, wait. He let the Romans crucify him. He told his followers to stand down and let the Romans crucify him. And while he was being crucified, he begged for forgiveness. Not for himself, but for those who were crucifying him, folks. And yet here we are <laughs> in a supposedly Christian nation 
that acts in the most unchristian way possible. And we are rejecting the one thing Christ came to do and teach us. Christ came here to teach us how to heal ourselves and each other. And yet Christians are what abouting everything and running around saying, I'm not my brother's keeper. Do not give the system what it wants, folks. The system wants you independently, irregardless of political affiliation, religious affiliation, etc. The system wants you to abandon all hope. The system wants you to judge others. The system wants you to live in so much fear that you're outraged at everybody else and accusing them of living in fear. The system wants you to neglect, ignore, and abandon our ability to heal ourselves, which is our spiritual divine birthright and has got fuck all to do with religion. Fuck all to do with politics. And fuck all to do with any other form of ideology. We must not joust verbally about unity and healing. We must unify in the act of manifesting species-wide, third-eye-opening, transformational, transcendent healing, which is exactly what Jesus, Buddha, Muhammad, Ishtar, Mithra, and everybody fucking else tried to teach us. And therefore, friends, I humbly invite you to look within and find that trauma inside of you that needs healing because no one is free of that. I'm not free of that. You are not free of that. Trump is not free of that. Biden isn't free of that. Nobody is free from the spiritual trauma because we've spent the last five, 10,000 years avoiding the shit out of healing ourselves. We spent the last 10,000 years profiteering on war instead. And I don't know about you folks, but I'm plain straight up sick and tired of it. And we don't need to perpetuate it. We need to heal ourselves and each other. And to that end, every day I pray, folks, that peace, love, and grooviness, and true divine spiritual healing blossoms in your heart as I thank you for listening to my show. I don't pretend to be a healer, charging other people to come to me and be healed by my magical powers. I know 
for an undeniable fact that every individual born of the human species is a divine healer. And the problem is we all have allowed ourselves to forget and reject that reality. And that's the real revolution. That's the real revolution. If you think the revolution is arming up and shooting another human being, you've been manipulated and hijacked. The only entity that benefits from that kind of revolution is the entity that's packaged, that peddled you the fear and sold you the guns and ammo to go shoot each other. The true revolution, dear friends, the true revolution is remembering how to look within, connect to our own individual divine energy and bring it forth onto the world so that we can heal each other. And that is a wordless process. There is no document you need to achieve it. There is no dogma required. There is no political ideology necessary. There's just looking within and manifesting forgiveness. And so, friends, I will sign off today's show with this impassioned plea. Let us set everything down. Abdicate all of the garbage that separates us and plead with our own selves to allow forgiveness to flood the species-wide spiritual network. Compassionate, loving, forgiveness, healing must spring up from within. It cannot be imposed from without. I cannot create a political ideology that forces you to heal yourself and heal each other. I can only remind you to look within and find out that you have the power to do it. And it's a cumulative process. We all have to step up to that calling or we will all collectively fail. And that is the crux of the problem of the last 10,000 years of human history butchering each other. I will stop repeating and rambling, friends. I've been rambling and repeating myself a bit lately. Uh, and I've been hyper-focused on Trump. I gotta acknowledge that as I sign off today. The last four years of the almost daily Zencast have been mostly me addressing, you know, the themes and concerns I have under the umbrella of Good Morning Trumptopia. So there's a lot of uh, spirituality-related programming I haven't really gotten around to presenting. There's a lot of content or ideas or themes or issues I could have been addressing on the show and I haven't been. For that, I sincerely apologize to you, friends and listeners, and I assure you, I am now pivoting towards that. Um, but I'm not going to... Uh, give up on on the whole good morning Trumptopia thing because Trumptopian thinking is not going to magically go away January 20th when the system installs Joe Biden. In fact, the whole point 
of establishing Trumptopia as an ideology, as a social construct, as a political party, which I swear to you that's the next thing they're going to do, and as a media empire, which I'm sure they're going to do next also, is to continue to utilize the Trumptopian tools of radical blind faith belief in this con artist of a man embedded in that hijacking of generic corruption-filled American Christianity. If they continue to be successful, then if the opposition fails to bar Donald Trump from political office in the future, then you know this, this dynamic will continue to grow. But I digress. More important than that is if humanity fails to realize the spiritual calling, that's the larger concern. But uh, enough for today. May peace, love and grooviness, and transcendental, transformational spiritual healing blossom in your heart and mind and body and soul. And that is the latest madness from behind the orange wall. Thank you for listening to GMT, a special segment of the Almost Daily Zencast. Stay woke, Trumptopia. Stay woke. Heal yourself through forgiveness and unconditional love. That doesn't mean we gotta tolerate the crazy bullshit out there. That means we gotta work to transform and heal those people doing the crazy bullshit so that they realize, oh shit, I'm doing some crazy bullshit. <laughs>